0: Little hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. You say crazy, I say Gary. You say savage, I say Shannon. Shannon. Crazy. Gary. Savage. Shannon. Let's run that whole thing back. Oh these people. You say unbelievable, I say
1: Gary Hoffman. You say incredible, I say Shannon Farron. Unbelievable, incredible. Gary and Shannon. Let's
0: run that whole thing back. Let the games begin?
2: Walking on eggshells today around you.
3: I just wish I didn't care. <laughs> I just wish a rough I didn't care. You know, I wish that I truly stopped caring in Oakland or in Mexico City when the playoffs slipped away. Yeah. But then you have a win like you did in Jacksonville. Thought maybe you could string a couple of these things together. Maybe end the season eight and eight. And then seven turnovers. Seven. Oh, look. There was just another one. <laughs> oh, uh,
2: That was the first game I'd gone to in a couple of years, actually. Um, and holy cow.
3: I mean... I think I... I, I think I was in shock last night because I came home and... Uh, I was just kind of like what like I wasn't even processing and I think this morning when I woke up I started processing right. the complete s show that was yesterday afternoon. <laughs> and to add insult to injury the 49ers lose in the last 2 seconds oh of their game. Gosh. Go from the 1 seed to the 5 seed
2: just like that. Just just, just like, like that. that. Everything changed yesterday. I'm
3: just a big loser this morning. That's how I feel. No, you're you're not. And why is the air conditioning I have
2: on? no idea what's going on here. I, I, when I, it's I audible. In, I thought there was a fan on in here. It's blowing in. Like it's a wind tunnel in here.
3: It is a wind tunnel. Are you going to be okay with a PEX pipe in
2: your hand? Because I think this is...
3: You don't think I should be armed Well, it's better
2: that than the actual metal pipe that Dean brought in a while ago.
3: We have a variety of of clue-type weapons in our office. Just
2: in case someone (laughs) needs to commit a murder. (laughs) Uh, Hey, at the bottom of this hour, there was a story out of Austin, Texas. A missing mom and her two-week-old daughter disappeared under... Very mysterious circumstances. And the tearful fiance is the one who's out giving the interviews.
3: We'll play a game of, do you believe this guy yeah. or not?
2: Uh, which is unfortunate. And not to make light of the situation, but these guys have got to stop doing interviews like this. And I know, I know why he did. And I would be terrified if, if this was my wife and she disappeared. But I would also, having seen this end of the story, having seen it from this side of it, I would be hopefully be able to tell myself, I'm not going to make any friends by doing an interview.
3: I think one of the anxieties we've developed in this whole true crime mania that we find ourselves in is this anxiety of what if something happens to your partner and you don't have something to do with it? That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how terrifying. What would you do you're going to be situation. the first person they come for. And then it's like, how do you behave? And you didn't do it, but all eyes are on you. And how do you behave? No
2: idea. We have some bullet train news we'll get to next hour. A quick update on what happened in football in the 12 o'clock hour. And I'm only laughing because it was the things have changed significantly when it comes to the football landscape just in one weekend. This
3: season has felt like a long, unhealthy relationship (laughs) that you can't get out of, like a bad, abusive marriage that you're trapped in. Like you're Julia Roberts in that movie where she has to line up all the cans in her pantry and then she takes up swimming to escape her abusive husband. What's that movie called?
2: Is that the enemy within or the no. enemy next door uh, or the no. sleeping with the yes, enemy? Yes, sleeping
3: with the is. enemy. Right. It's like you're Sally Field. Hey, hey wait, wait, wait. And wait. you're in that movie where you're trapped in Iran.
2: Not without my daughter. Yeah. Keep going. I got I got all cracked. <laughs> Speaking of movies, though, this will make you happy. Okay. The new Top Gun trailer is out. It did
3: make me happy. I watched it first thing. I called it self-care this morning, and (laughs) I loved it. I love that line. They're called orders, Maverick. Yeah. I love that.
2: I didn't expect I'd get an invitation back.
3: They're called called orders. orders, Maverick.
2: All right. uh, We'll do that in the 1 o'clock hour. So a big show we're going on. Don't forget, Friday is, of course, It's a Wonderful Life, presented by Winston with the Y, Winston Security Screens and uh, I was trying to put out print out the uh, script today and I couldn't so there may be an issue uh, we'll, we'll work it out what do you mean well I couldn't get it to print out in the color that I like I needed it to be like highlighted and I couldn't get it to highlight I and mean, it's a long story no behind-the-scenes stuff. Nobody needs to know.
3: That's a fun little Gary Hoffman idiosyncrasy there. Ah,
2: uh, anal retentiveness. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Harvey Weinstein did an interview while he's recovering from back surgery. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And the New York Post was nice enough to publish it so that we all know what kind of a complete a-hole we're dealing with here.
3: He says, "I feel like the forgotten man." he feels like a victim in this you guys he thinks he's done a lot for women that don't that doesn't involve rape mm-hmm. he said I made more movies directed by women and about women than any filmmaker and I'm talking about 30 years ago I'm not so, talking about now when it's in vogue so I didn't I rape
2: a few of them I mean I I made progress for them I was a champion for women what I, happens <laughs> if I walk out of the shower with my robe off
3: <laughs> he talked about Gwyneth Paltrow getting 10 million to make that piece of Garbage movie view from the top. Today may be the day I swear on the air. This might be. Yeah, I I was a close one. Oh, Uh, like that's different than any other day.
2: (laughs) Well, this one feels different, Amy. Today feels different. Uh, He went on to say um, that this is this is the worst line that he could have uttered, and whoever did this for the New York Post, whether it was Rebecca Rosenberg uh, who gets the byline here, or somebody else who did the interview, he he said. It all got eviscerated because of what happened. That's what he said. It all got eviscerated because of what happened. Like the
3: rapes were something that happened to him.
2: Right. And, or or they were done by somebody else. Right. And he just happens to be the guy who's catching heat for it. What a complete, and and again, this is not a surprise. It's not a surprise that this guy thinks this way. It's not a surprise that he believes... Just based on his own words, that because he had women directing some of his movies and he made movies about women, getting rapey with a couple of them is totally understandable.
3: He's accused of first degree rape, third degree rape, criminal sexual act, two counts of predatory sexual assault. And that's just the stuff that they were able to get him on. Yeah, I mean, we're talking uh, dozens, hundreds probably of issues of him behaving badly.
2: Um. They. He also pushed back against the allegations that we had heard yesterday that he had been. Tam- I'm sorry, last week that he had been tampering with his ankle monitor so he could hide where he was going. He said that prosecutors only brought that up because they were trying to embarrass him. Sir, you're an embarrassment all by yourself.
3: You masturbated into a potted plant. Well, I didn't do it. <laughs>
2: That is an excellent point. You are not the one who, uh, watered the rubber tree plant or Good
3: Lord. whatever.
2: The, this guy is an embarrassment himself. Why would prosecutors need to do anything to embarrass him?
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: anyway, he, he's recovering from this back surgery. I guess he had some bones taken out of his back. So, uh, less spineless even than he was before then. So anyway, uh, This is a trial that I don't I still do not expect it to go to trial. And it's still it's scheduled to begin a few weeks from now.
3: There was a highlight to yesterday's game. I met some new gas family members. I met Carlos. He and his daughter were there. Lovely people. Uh, Also, we have a new show baby, baby Maddox. I met yesterday and Maddox's parents, Morgan and Michelle. So that was nice.
2: There so, were some, You're right. There were some highlights. There, like in the third quarter, the sun hit me just right, and I was so <laughs> warm. It was so nice. It was so nice. The Vikings fans are nice people. They
3: are. They, they are the most well-behaved fans I think I've ever experienced.
2: Yeah. They were really, really Really
3: nice. good people. Good people.
2: All right. When we come back. Oh, uh, another
3: turnover. Stop
2: it. <laughs> Prosecutors say that a guy stole $80,000 from a bank vault. Uh, Your Honor, can I introduce Exhibit A, his Instagram account that shows him with $88,000 in cash?
3: We've got a Gary and Shannon life lesson headed straight for you coming up next. <laughs>
4: Gary
2: and Shannon will continue. It Feels
4: good to be running from the devil. Another breath and I'm up another
3: level. It feels good to be up above the clouds.
0: It feels good for
3: First time, in a long time now. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. The president making it clear he intends to participate in at least three general election debates, but he's threatening to sidestep the nonprofit group that's charged with running them. He's complaining that the Commission on Presidential Debates is stacked with Trump haters and never Trumpers. He tweeted that his record is so good. That perhaps I would consider three more debates.
2: Oh, stop it. Just do three. (laughs) Any more than that's crazy. Do three. Be happy with it. Um, We will talk in Swamp Watch about the new suggestion from Chuck Schumer that they introduce a few new witnesses, uh, four witnesses that he wants to see in the uh, Senate trial. Although, I don't think that's where they do the fact-based, the fact-finding in the Senate. So... Um, It would be interesting to see what John Bolton had to say, but I don't think that's going to happen.
3: Well, this story comes to us from Charlotte, North Carolina. Orlando Henderson. He is 29 years old and he worked at a Wells Fargo there in Charlotte. He was skimming money from the vault.
2: Yeah, the FBI says that he was stealing cash uh the bank customer's cash deposits out of this bank vault for several months
3: he started stealing it looks like a couple months after he was hired um he started small and in june of this year his first theft was for about 400 bucks and then the next week he took $200 and a couple days after that he took 400 and then fast forward to late july when he's taking 13 grand at a time 10 grand at a time <laughs>
2: Now, many of those times he would uh, he would then take that that money, just stacks of bills, basically, and deposit it into an ATM near the bank where he worked. And that's difficult, apparently. You know why I know it's difficult? Because he wrote on Facebook. I make it look easy, but this S really a process.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go (laughs) into the vault and steal and steal and steal after time and time and time again. It is a process. He uh, used fake documents. He destroyed bank documents to hide all of this. And then he used 20 grand of it to put a down payment on a new Mercedes Benz.
2: Yeah. And I don't know exactly what it was that tripped him up, but that may have been something that put him on everybody's radar. 20 down on a Mercedes-Benz, and then falsified bank documents to get a car loan from another financial institution to cover the remaining balance for the Mercedes.
3: Here's the life lesson. Mm -hmm. If you work at a bank, don't steal the money from the bank. They're going to catch you. Well, at
2: least not your own bank.
3: Right. Right. If you're going to rob a bank, rob a different bank, not the one you work at.
2: Two counts of financial institution fraud, 19 counts of theft, embezzlement, and misapplication.
3: If you do and 12 rob... 12
2: counts of making false entries.
3: If you do rob the bank in which you work, don't go to social media and take pictures with the hundreds.
2: Yeah, and complain about the process that you're involved with. Right, Man, this is hard work. This stack of bills, and there's a great picture of him with a stack of... One, two, three, four, like 10 stacks of rubber banded bills together next to his face. This this is a process, man. Whoa. I am tired from looking around
3: all these bills. Whew. Here's the other thing. Yeah, they They didn't catch him until December. This was all in June and July. Yeah. How dumb is this bank? How does 88 grand go missing from a bank vault? And you don't know for six months. And it's. <laughs> and it's somebody right under your nose it well
2: and, and it makes me it makes me think at least originally the 200 here the 400 there maybe that falls well below the number that would raise suspicion i mean money's lost all the time and banks have a lot of cash on hand anyway i guess i don't know i mean but then he saw he thought hey if i can get 400 why wouldn't i be able to get away with 4000 it's a
3: slippery slope isn't it is, it? it
2: is a slippery slope
3: That's your uh, life lesson of the day. Yes. Uh, I think the takeaway was don't rob your bank, rob a different bank.
2: Here's the other thing, and I think we need to have a serious discussion about this. Not that either one of our spouses are going to disappear anytime soon, we hope, but what do we do if they do disappear under mysterious circumstances? I
3: don't know how to behave. I would be so paranoid about you know, being hauled into that interrogation room—like, sure. did I do it?
2: Well, how could I not look <laughs> nervous? Of course, right, I'm nervous. Right, right. But would you go and do a television interview?
3: I don't think so.
2: There's a woman missing from Austin, Texas, and her fiance did the unspeakable. Well, at least the interview part of Just
3: it. Just because I don't look good on TV. So. Stop it.
2: Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. I could lie-
0: That kills me, makes me feel alive. Baby, I've been, I've been losing sleep. Dreaming about the things that we could be. Baby, I've
1: been, I've been praying hard. Said no more counting
0: dollars,
2: we'll be counting dollars. Gary stars. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Dreaming about the things are we The uh, top of next hour, we'll tell you about... A couple of things when it comes to our homelessness issue. Number one, there was a uh, Supreme Court decision about the, the uh, policies that a lot of cities have about homeless people who are sleeping on the sidewalks, whether or not they can be forced off of the sidewalks. And it all depends on whether there are shelter beds available. We'll also talk about how uh, the city of Lancaster is trying to clamp down on groups that feed homeless people, at least in public places. We'll do that at the top of the hour.
3: Oh, you see that? Another turnover.
2: <laughs> you know what was glorious uh, yesterday? I <laughs>
3: <Sorry>. I'm over <laughs> it. I'm done.
2: I was, uh, I, I had a moment where I forgot that we didn't have baseball. Like, I was I was happy to go to the game. <laughs> it's, it was nice to walk into a stadium and yeah. the music and all the stuff. And everybody's wearing, you know, jerseys and cheering for their teams. And then I get an alert. Halfway through the Bum first Gardner. quarter that says Madison Bumgarner signed with a Diamondback. Yeah, at,
3: hey, Gary, at least it I wasn't the, this tweet. It's only for five years. That's not bad, right? At least it wasn't the Dodgers. He'll he'll. That's
2: the end of his career there. He'll unless they trade him for some reason. But I don't think they would. I don't know. I guess it could have been the Dodgers. It's, uh, Heidi, Heidi Broussard,
3: Austin, Texas. Yep. Heidi Broussard. She's thirty three. She and her infant daughter, Margot were last th- seen Thursday morning at Cowan Elementary School there in Austin. Police have said they believe that Heidi returned home with Margot sometime before her fiancé, Shane, reported them missing about 7.30 p.m. that night. Now, he has gone on television, local TV, and pled for the return of Heidi and Margot. He's cried the whole bit. Um. So we're going to play a game called, do we believe him or do we think he killed both of them?
2: Uh, I don't know where to go on this.
3: Game. I haven't heard him yet.
2: Okay. Uh, Here is. <clears throat> here is this guy, Shane Carey, describing what happened or describing the day that he last saw Heidi Broussard and her daughter.
0: <laughs> I have a good day at school. And then she starts making their sandwiches. He has and, left. Um, he left for work. So I went to work. She took Margot with Silas. She dropped them off at school to the book fair. And um, after the book fair, she called me. Uh, Ryan ate something uh, on her way home from the book fair. It said she spent $25. I was like, that's okay. Um, and I told her I have to go because I was on my way out. And, uh... <clears throat> I told you I love you, bye, and uh, pretty much I worked all day till about 1-something, and then I got here around 2, I seen her car, walked upstairs, she wasn't here, and her phone was off, so I thought she just had a friend's house, because a friend lives in the same complex, so she might be over there with her phone off, so I thought nothing of it, but she was not back yet, so then I went and picked up my son from um, daycare, and uh Brought him home and she, and he didn't finish his lunch, so he told me to grill it for him. And uh, uh, basically, then we um, after a little bit, I called my dad. He said, "Don't worry about it too much right now." And uh, we I called her friends and she hasn't heard from them. Her friends didn't hear from her, so they I not called the cops. And then they came over here. I think it was around 7:30. I think and uh, ever since then it's just been been trying to reach out just just help I don't know all
3: right guilty I'll tell you why two things number one I called her I told her I love you that was completely irrelevant and you wouldn't remember that and you wouldn't say that unless you were trying to plant how much you love someone so much that you would not kill them okay number two her phone was off this guy's 30 33 years Mm -hmm. old He didn't call her. He texted her. How does he know her phone's off?
2: Um, What I understand was that he was trying to find her location. Mm -hmm. And it said location not available, which could be that her phone was off. But it could also be that she's just in an area that doesn't she doesn't have service.
3: Here's uh, another red flag. They've set up a Facebook page to raise money for a reward and for expenses that Shane is incurring during the search for his fiance. Mm-hmm.
2: I saw that too. Uh, that was that was the one thing that
3: was if your the most wife,
2: unusual. If
3: your wife went missing, would you set up a GoFundMe page for your expenses? No, no,
2: no. I. The thing about it is you. To get rid of her, well, we saw this in Colorado, right? We saw that he wanted to get rid of her, and to do so, he also had to get rid of the kids. Yes. In this case, he would have to get rid of her, and to do so, he'd also have to get rid of a two-week-old infant. If this, I mean, if, if this guy had nefarious bad things going on. But he also has a six-year-old, right? I mean, she does. She has a six-year-old. So that was when he was talking about grilling lunch for the six-year-old kid that he had to go pick up from school. Was that an afterthought? Was that a I forgot that I had a six-year-old that I was going to have to take care of as well, or I don't know. Now there's a couple of weird things about this. Do you case. think there's a
3: chance that we we violated the Denise Huskins role here? Oh,
2: totally. Oh, really? I do. I mean, okay. I, I, and I think that we've learned from that case specifically. We can't just assume... That he did it. That he did it, because... Okay, who's
3: Denise Huskins? Denise
2: Huskins is the woman from Vallejo. Uh, That was
3: kidnapped. Oh, right, and no one believed her. Brought to Southern
2: California. She didn't want the FBI plane ride home, and everybody thought, oh, okay, right. Sure, he got kidnapped. And she did. Um, The the thing about what, what he's doing now is putting... This uncomfortable, weird, awkward, nervous interview out there, but I don't know what else it would be. I mean, how, you he can't come off too calm or else we would go, oh, he totally did it. And if it comes off nervous, we can't also automatically say, oh, he totally did it.
3: We're going to see what we want to see right. when we watch these interviews. Now, the,
2: the Austin Police Department has not done an update on this case since Friday. That says something to me. Austin's not some podunk town in the middle of Texas where they don't have the ability to update a case like this. I am, I would guess that somewhere, some detective who's on this case is just sitting back watching this guy dig his own hole. Yes. Which is unfortunate because while that's going on, if you're not out there actively searching, yeah, I mean, if you're the Austin Police Department and it doesn't look like you're actively searching for this woman and her two-week-old infant, it seems like the case is pretty much closed. Well,
3: at one point when he's doing an interview with KVUE on Sunday, um, they said he had appeared unsettled and overwhelmed and that he paused a couple times to readjust himself and said out loud something to the effect of uh, that he wanted to act more natural for the camera.
2: Right. Don't do that.
3: Don't do that.
2: But then again, what if he had somebody that he had hired to stand there and tell him that sort of thing? Okay, okay, what we're going to do, Shane, is just be calm. Don't be too nervous. Don't be too not nervous. Just be natural. Okay, go do the interview. And then if there's a media person next to him who's like, wait, stop. Can we stop?
3: Can we go back to one, please?
2: Um, Shane. You're acting really nervous. And we don't we, we want to not be too nervous.
3: Again, if your wife went missing, you wouldn't look for a PR manager. That's what I mean. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, terror in the skies.
2: Is it possum or opossum? And why is it that people try to correct us
3: every day? You're gonna get so many messages about that.
2: When you say possum and opossum and you're in North America. It's the same damn thing,
3: I also have a problem with the word onion. say it again, onion is that right? Yeah, but I get a lot of heat on that too,
2: because you put a G in it onion, but you didn't when you I said I didn't because I was oh, you were
3: I was trying I was trying <laughs> to act natural for the camera, Gary and Shannon. The all meat marvel is different from the last meat pizza we got.
2: Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
3: The last one we got for Blake's birthday was called something The ultimate, right? Yeah. yeah, the ultimate so, was better
2: cuz it added another meat.
3: Which which one do you want, Nick? The all meat marvel or the ultimate? The ultimate. meat. Got it.
2: More meat. Happy birthday, Nick. Thank Happy birthday. birthday. We're
3: sorry Woo! we forgot. That's okay. We did really bad this year. As a musician,
2: twenty-seven is yeah. a scary year for him. So, this really is a big one.
3: Oh my gosh! Yeah, you don't want to be like Janis Joplin or Jimi Hendrix or James, but Jim
2: Morrison, Morrison, Jim
3: Morrison or, or Richie Valens,
2: Amy. Winehouse. Oh. Twenty-seven. Amy M. Winehouse. Winehouse yeah. you know, there's a lot.
3: No drugs for you this year. Do you normally? Do you got if you want?
2: Do you sleep on your back or uh, usually on the side? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying side. to prevent you from I've heard stories I aspirating right the, the left. Usually, your oh, left vomit. It's a lot of pressure on your heart. It is. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's one of my fears. You don't know, that. <laughs> uh, at the top of the hour, we're going to get into that Supreme Court decision on homelessness. It's actually about whether or not um, people can sleep on the sidewalks in the uh, Western United States if there are shelter beds available. We'll talk about that. Also, the uh, I know that we've been looking for this missing hiker on Mount Baldy, but um, gotta be honest with you, I don't think uh, no. the outlook is good. No, that person has not made it. Now a rescuer has died in that search too. So we'll
1: talk about that.
3: It's time for terror in the skies.
1: Flight two zero nine, or you are cleared for takeoff.
0: Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this money.
2: Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. Gerald Tautenhan has officially been contacted by producer Nick. We're waiting to hear back from Gerald. Gerald and Zatara flew to Austin from Los Angeles a few days back to visit mom for Thanksgiving. That's nice, right? That's very nice. But Gerald and Zatara were an unusual combination in that Gerald is a human and Zatara is an opossum. He says, because of all all the attention his awesome possum gets, he was skeptical about flying with her. So about a month in advance of his trip, He contacts the people that he thinks need to be called, for example, the Department of Transportation. Oh,
3: God, we are such a dumb people. And
2: clears it with them to have Zatara fly with him.
3: Please stop flying with animals that are possums. I once took a
2: flight that was Hello Kitty themed. He also cleared it with JetBlue, according to Gerald, and Gerald says they said it was fine. And initially, it seemed like it was. He made his way, gets in the JetBlue airplane, and flies from L.A. to Austin He and Zatara and Mom, the three of them, have just a rockin' Thanksgiving. When he gets back at, uh, I think it's Austin Bergstrom International Airport or whatever it is in Austin, to get on the plane, he's sitting there and somebody, one of the flight attendants, walks up to him and says, sir, can I talk to you outside for just a second? And they say, either you leave her here, Zatara, and you can stay with her, but she is not flying on this airplane. The feeling was insane, says Gerald. It was frustrating beyond belief because they let me come here with her, but now I can't return with her. Now JetBlue's statement is pretty simple. JetBlue says, We gladly accept small dogs and cats in approved pet carriers. On the customer's return trip, our crew members witnessed the possum come out of its carrier and saw that it was neither cat nor dog. The crew members informed the customer that the opossum would not be able to fly, would travel on the flight and worked to assist the customer with his options.
3: You know, you know, Bert, our engineer. Yeah. Bert used to have a pet squirrel. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Bert was going on vacation with his lovely bride. And he had Craig, our other engineer at the station, watch his pet squirrel. The squirrel's name was Velcro. Right. That's hysterical. So instead of traveling with the squirrel, you know, he did the right thing. Burt made the right
2: decision. Burt
3: called up Craig, said, you need you to watch Velcro for a couple days. Don't fly with your freaking possums or your squirrels or any of it. Be an adult.
2: United came to the rescue here. United United never
3: comes to the rescue. That's
2: what it says. He bought a ticket for a a United flight. And he said, after a few tense moments on the taxiway, Gerald and Zatara took off for California with an expensive lesson about the inconsistency of airline pet policies. Oh, no, no, actually, you know what, Gerald? Let's rewrite that for you. How about an expensive lesson in choosing when to travel with your pets and how to travel with your pets? The one thing you should not expect is for people to bend over backwards when you're traveling with your opossum. Especially if you're going to fly. Why didn't you just rent a car or take your own car and travel?
3: There's a number of things you should have done, not including take the possum on the plane. We are a dumb people and we're spiraling downward. We're like that game yesterday in Carson.
2: We as a humanity have committed seven turnovers.
3: Yeah, you're damn right. And that was one of Taking them. a possum on a plane. Is like a turnover. And you're not going to win the game of life nope. with seven turnovers. No, you are not. Now I'm over it. I'm going to get into this next hour not talking about any football.
2: Well, let's see if we can ground you with homelessness issues. When oh, we come back.
3: right. Yes. That's why I woke up this morning. Gary
2: and Shannon, will continue right after this. I like that show.
3: Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Derek wrote to us on Twitter, at Gary and Shannon. What's the music theme today? I only ask because the last two bumper songs mention the devil. Blake, is everything okay? Yeah, nope, just random songs I picked. You know, the devil is al- is alive and well in the rock and roll, isn't it? Yeah. The devil's music. Mm, he's alive and well everywhere. Don't make that argument. Yeah,
2: Blake, are you sure
3: everything's okay? No, yeah, I'm fine.
2: Just happens chance, or happens chance, huh? Is that like a possum in your pocket or an opossum?
3: An o- opossum.
2: Ah. Later in the show, we'll talk about the Top Gun trailer that just landed today, and holy crap, Danger Zone looks good.
3: It looks really good. Do I you can't think wait.
2: Tom Cruise is really flying that plane?
3: No, that you mean like you flew that plane? Yeah. No. I think you have more flight experience than Tom Cruise. Mm. I'm starting something new. It's called Be Nice Monday. Why? I don't know. You just been. You've been really. Um, you've been very supportive of my anger this morning, and I appreciate that.
2: You mean I have ignored it?
3: Yes. <laughs> Nick just sent us the most troubling picture. Um, it's from a woman. Oh. It's a tweet from a woman named Deborah, and she's tweeting the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed. At London Breed, here's a pic of a man on drugs taking a poo in aisle 10 of the Safeway Marina Sunday morning in San Francisco. Why is this okay? And sure enough, there's a guy in aisle 10 of the Safeway. In the marina, by the way, I used to go to the Safeway. This is a nice part of town. It was. It was. Uh, He's... He's got his pants around his knees. Mm-hmm. He's got a piece of toilet paper in one hand. Yep. And he's done his business in aisle 10. Yeah.
2: And clearly, I mean, there's more paper if he needs it. There's a whole roll of toilet paper between his feet there. But, Did he uh, steal that
3: from aisle seven?
2: Probably. Or do you think he brought it in? Like, was that the plan? No. no. I don't think so. Um,
3: he didn't even go to the store bathroom. There, Safeway has bathrooms for you to use if you have to have an output situation happen.
2: Yeah, and now just about everything that's in that picture is contaminated to some degree. I mean, there's a whole thing of seltzer, and nobody wants to drink that anyway. So your eyes should be disinfected. Those kettle chips should be disinfected.
3: I mean, I was laughing to tears when I saw this picture, but it's not funny. It's really sad that we're at a place where people think this is okay because nothing will happen to them.
2: I do think it's also funny that Deborah Kahn, who... uh, posted this she works for i guess wall street journal and reuters um, used the word poo well, wh- something poetic about that word
3: well the supreme court refused today to hear a major case on homelessness which means the ruling stands the ruling that protects homeless people's right to sleep on the sidewalk or in public parks
2: now i don't know If we will ever understand exactly why the Supreme Court didn't hear this, they don't usually they don't have to write uh, any reason why they don't choose to hear something. They just say yes or no. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, This is the the story out of Boise, though, or this is the case out of Boise in a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, last year ruled that prosecuting people for sleeping on the sidewalk violates the Eighth Amendment's ban on cruel and unusual punishment.
3: Lawyers for the homeless had argued, yes, it was cruel and wrong to punish people who have nowhere else to sleep at night.
2: The lawyers that were arguing in favor of the law, Thean Evangelos and Ted Olson said, nothing in the Constitution requires cities to surrender their streets, sidewalks, parks, riverbeds, and other public areas to vast encampments and right now the the right to sleep on the sidewalk in the city of LA is enforceable at night there was a, a there was a, a similar ruling that was handed down about 10 12 years ago that said that the city of Los Angeles cannot enforce its own laws against sleeping in public places so instead of appeal what the city did was negotiate a settlement so that they can enforce the no sleeping on sidewalks during the day from six in the morning until nine o'clock at night. But you can't sweep people out of there in the middle of the night. So we are back at re- square one, basically, when it comes to figuring out what sort of laws, if any, the police can actually enforce in these situations. Um I don't know how this Corresponds to someone dropping a deuce in aisle 10 at the uh, marina safeway? Well,
3: because it's I enabling mean, behavior. The cities are enablers to all of these issues. And I think, but I think this is. You're not going to get punished for crapping in a safeway or on the street because that's unfair. That's not. Because where else are you supposed to go? I mean, I don't know what kind of argument they're making up for it's okay to crap on the streets and if you're london it's one thing if you don't have anywhere to sleep or something like that but it's never okay to crap in the aisle 10 of the safeway you should be punished for that that should be something that that you get hauled into jail for what if
2: there's a medical issue that he all of a sudden just had to go and couldn't go anywhere else
3: um then he wouldn't have toilet paper Like, this guy went to aisle 7, got the toilet paper, opened up that package, went to aisle 10, his preferred aisle, to crap. Hmm. Because he's got the toilet roll right there and a wad of toilet paper. If it was an immediate situation, you don't arm yourself with toilet paper. That's true.
2: But if you're London Breed, uh, what's your response to that? I mean, do you, in a... In if a, I'm
3: Lennon Breed, I would write back that should never be okay and this person should be taken into custody or put on a 5150 situation. That person should not be walking around. They think that's okay. But
2: uh, what I'm I guess my point is that she doesn't have the uh The ability to look at this on a wide scale and say that is indicative of a massive problem we've got in San Francisco. And we've got to stop this before everybody starts using aisle 10 as their number two depository. Not funny. It is not funny. funny. It is not. But that's another turnover right there. Uh, When we come back.
3: (laughs) That is another turnover. (laughs) Crapping in an aisle 10 of a safe way. You're not going to win doing that. You're not going to win the game of life.
2: Uh, we've been watching, uh, Listen, I
3: know your offensive line may not be as strong as you'd like it to be, but you got to fight through that.
2: You got to ask to use, make better decisions, right?
3: Make better choices.
2: Don't steal from aisle seven and then give back in aisle 10. (laughs)
3: Look at all the life lessons we're doing today.
2: And this is a good Monday. This is a learning Monday. It is
3: teachable moments,
2: teachable moment Monday. It's good. When we come back, uh, there is a, a story that we've been following over the course of this week, and that is the uh, the missing hiker on Mount Baldy. There has been a death associated with the search. Now we'll talk about that
3: when we come back. Gary and Shannon.
2: And KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, hey, though, you two guys in there, Chris and Amy, Chris and Amy, are you guys are still you? available for Friday, right? Okay.
3: Chris, do you know what your role is? He just, they asked if you know what your role is. It's not good. It's like uncle, like uncle Billy. Billy. Uncle Billy. He's uncle to- Billy. total bonehead.
2: Yeah. Oh, I know you can't. A- you. Sorry if I'm interrupting, but I can't hear you because I don't have headphones.
3: So we can say a bunch That's of right. stuff and he won't know. Yeah, he'll never know.
2: Anyway, uh, Friday <laughs> is our production of It's a Wonderful Life, presented by Winston Security Screens. Winston with a Y. Amy, I didn't, I didn't print out your script yet for you.
3: But I got a role this year? Isn't that exciting? Yeah, because he totally ignored me last year. I know. The first thing I said was we have to put Amy King in it.
2: And then then somebody had the idea we should tell Amy King she's in it and then not put her in it just to continue the joke. And I said, that's heartless.
3: Whose idea was that?
2: I have mine, but um, I then I,
3: <laughs> thanks, I
4: stepped back
2: from it because I realized that it was very heartless.
4: That's heartless. We're giving you, her
2: a word. You d- no, you do get to live, deliver. You, you never mind. You deliver the line. How's that? Not mm. a line, but the line.
3: It's just important. a line, but it's the line. no, no.
2: It's more than one. Okay. Well, that's that's Friday.
3: This story got worse uh, over the weekend. Remember, we told you about that hiker from Irvine who had been missing for six days out at Mount Baldy. Well, they had about 126 people out there searching on Saturday. And we're talking just rugged, snow covered terrain for this this missing hiker. And unfortunately, one of the search and rescue guys, a guy by the name of Tim Staples, just 32 years old, nine-year veteran of the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department volunteer search and rescue team, got separated from his partner and fell down an ice chute, pronounced dead shortly after.
2: Now. This guy was not just a search and rescue volunteer. He was also a social science and an English teacher for Damien High School, the Catholic boys' school in Laverne. A few hours from now, as a matter of fact, they are going to hold a prayer service this afternoon at Damien's event center, which is located there at the school in Laverne. The search for Srinivas Mukapati has been called off, yeah. at least now, at least in the wake of Tim Staple's death.
3: Well, there's just no way that that person is alive. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Look up at Mount Baldy. It looks like Everest right now. It's just covered in snow.
2: Um, what I thought was an amazing event over the weekend was <clears throat> the. The searcher who was who died, Tim Staple's was honored by the family of the missing man.
3: That would be really hard to take. You know, the family already missing their loved one, and then one of the search and rescue guys dies. I mean, that would be really tough.
2: On uh, On Sunday night, last night, dozens of people gathered there in Tim Staple's memory. Some of them were crying. Uh, Shavron Mokapati The missing hiker's son said, I'm very sorry for this and very sorry for the family. He went on to say that he never expected a search for his father would result in tragedy for one of the volunteers that we so dearly respect.
3: Michelle Walsh is one of the search and rescue volunteers, and she said, we don't want them to feel guilty for this. This is what we do. Um, Tim Staples was very passionate about his work as a volunteer on the search and rescue team. And this was stuff he obviously did during his free time. He was very popular um, at that school, and they said that often he his face would be flushed when he came to work because he spent the weekends climbing these remote mountains in search of missing people. They say he'd come in Monday with a red face, and they'd joke with him, "You went to the beach, huh?" And he would say, "No, I was up in the mountains trying to find someone."
0: Hmm.
3: Newly married. Leaves behind his uh, his parents, whose brother, uncle, nephew, friend of so many. They said he left a hole in our heart that will never be filled.
2: Yes, too bad. Again, the, the, the prayer service said for this afternoon uh, for Staples at Damien's Event Center at that uh, Catholic school, Damien High School in Laverne. So <clears throat> for information, you can check all that out. That's, a, that's a, a horrible way to end the search for this guy. I mean, not only do you not find him, uh, but then you lose a searcher on the way. And the, the reality of it is that guy, there's a chance that guy's never found. I mean, there's a chance that it's just it, the weather becomes even more uh, inoperable over the next couple of weeks and covered with snow, whatever, and they just never find him. Uh, all right. We come back. We're going to be talking about this, uh, the bullet train, the latest ongoing PP match between the president and the governor. and
3: So the, I'm not going to buy into the vernacular of calling it the bullet train. I mean I know the LA Times continues to call it the bullet train but the bullet was taken out of this train years ago. It's not going to be a bullet train. It's going to be I like
0: trains. I like high speed trains even better.
3: It was going to be a slow moving train. Not which, a bullet. Which train do you think would move
2: faster? The train that drives uh, that uh, rolls around Disneyland or this train from Merced to Bakersfield?
3: This Disneyland's train. Probably, right? Yeah. Okay. I'd like the train that's carrying our pizza here to be the fastest.
2: Yeah, where is where are we with that pizza?
3: I ordered it. It's going to be here at noon.
2: Okay, but your stomach. My has stomach been growling. wants it
3: to have been here last hour. What's
2: What's funny is I heard your stomach growl one time, and then you ordered pizza, and I've heard it growl four times since you <laughs> ordered pizza. Yeah, like your body knows that there's right. something coming, and yes. you just gotta slow it down and get it ready and. Uh, a well, I didn't have
3: any meats yesterday. I didn't have my bratwurst. Oh, no? No. Oh, that's too bad. I was too depressed. Uh,
2: a reminder that on Friday, this is what we were talking about. On Friday, we are going to do our production of It's a Wonderful Life. Last year, we did a Christmas carol. This year, It's a Wonderful Life. Of course, the story of George Bailey and him learning what life would be like if he were never born. Um, we have some... What, shall we say recognizable voices that will be involved in the uh, production of the show? And we'll do it live here on Friday. Chris Little will be, Amy King's going to be, Nick is, and Blake is, everybody's going to be involved with it and some other voices as well. You can follow along uh, at 12:30 is likely when we're going to start that on Friday. And take us up through the end of the show. You
3: know, there were actually a couple of uh, the the youth that turned down a role in our mm-hmm. production,
2: which is interesting. I, what? I
3: think yeah, which part is of it is really they didn't odd. realize? They don't realize the the gravity of the situation. Yeah, the this is wait. big time. It is big time, and I mean, Tim Cates is so excited. He said he's going to be in character all day long,
2: <laughs> which is which is great. I hope.
3: I mean look at Amy nope, she's filled annoying. with glee at being included this year. I am. She was upset for months last year when you left her out.
2: No, she was upset for an entire year until we told her that she was in she this year.
3: She didn't speak to you for 2019. Well,
2: that's why I have my Waze app.
3: Who who turned it off? I mean who turned it down?
2: Oh, Victor one and of our Monica. Producers. Yeah.
3: Monica Ricks? Yeah. yeah. She said she won't be here on Friday and she didn't want to come in special.
2: Wow. Yep. Which is, listen, it makes our job easier. Makes our job easier. We give it to people who really want it.
3: (laughs) They're never going to be included, though. Like, you're either in on the ground floor or you're not in. Don't expect to be asked
2: again. Absolutely not. Uh, Of course, It's a Wonderful Life is brought to you by our friends at Winston Security Screens. Winston with a Y. Coming back more on the not-bullet train here in California.
3: Gary and Shannon. (laughs) <laughs> we got to be careful when the door of this studio is open. We're continuing our conversation.
2: You have like a biological response, though, to open doors like that.
3: I know. I have to say the worst things.
2: Your body mouth. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Well, you were just
3: talking about meat in your mouth.
2: Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, uh, I don't know if you heard this. We are waiting for the close of business today for Boeing to make a big announcement. Boeing has said... They may stop producing their 737 MAX airplanes. Even though they've been grounded, Boeing has been cranking out those airplanes uh, up in Everett. And I think in South Carolina is where they uh, built part of them. But they're saying that now that there's not a return to service date until 2020 at the earliest... The board of directors for Boeing held a meeting in Chicago over the weekend. They could make a decision about this uh, future production of the airplane and are expected to make some sort of an announcement later today.
3: Well, the California slow train that will never be built authority is moving ahead with what they're calling an aggressive plan to issue the biggest contract in history. The agency last week took a key step, issuing a 30 year long contract to install track, set up high voltage electrical lines, create a digital signaling system, build a train garage and deal with future maintenance of the equipment and track. It would cover the future track from San Jose to Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like we should all be riding a unicorn right now. I'm.
2: Uh, I think what's frustrating about this is not just as a taxpayer how ridiculous this is. I mean, just absolutely ludicrous compared to what the original proposition was. Was it was it Prop One A that we voted for a high speed rail? And I don't mean we like you and I. I mean we like the fifty one percent of boneheads in the state who voted in favor of it.
3: Here's the um, thing. I liked the idea of having a bullet train from San Francisco to Los Angeles. I thought that was a great idea. I've, I've gone on these trains in Europe. They, it, you know, it's, it covers a lot of ground really quickly, but that's not what this was going to be. They were not able to make it a fast train. So it was going to be a slow train to San Francisco. Or it was going to end up, up being near like five hours or something, like yeah. the same time that you would take to drive.
2: Because the simple issue, I mean, the simple theory of high-speed rail from San Francisco to L.A. is not that hard. If you were to ask seven people on the street, where would you go? They would say, I'm just build it along I-5 yep. or in the middle of I-5 or along, you know. But, but no, that did not work because logic goes out the window when you start uh, introducing Sacramento lawmakers into all of this. But one of the frustrating things is just as a taxpayer, it sucks. But how is it that we're we're supposed to suggest to high school students, junior high students, college students, whatever, that this is the way that you run a state? How could they possibly look to an example like high-speed rail authority as a bureaucracy to be proud of? Because they continue to push through this despite the fact that there is absolutely zero success in this. That whatever finished product is will not look will not look anything like what it was supposed to look right.
3: like. They're asking for bids from three international teams that could result in an award in 2020 and notice to begin work by September. Mm-hmm.
4: If
2: the contract goes forward, they're saying that this would put a huge dent in any plans to put the brakes pardon the pun, on this thing and stop it in its tracks, stop pouring money, good money after bad, and stop this fiasco before it gets any worse.
3: The Bullet Train Project obtained two grants during the Obama years for a total of about $3.5 billion. And then earlier this year, the Department of Transportation terminated a grant for about $929 million that had not been spent. And then the state, of course, sued to reverse that decision. But federal officials have warned that they intend to take back another $2.5 billion that has been spent because the state violated the agreement. The feds have a, have a absolute ground here. Because it's true. What What the bullet train sold to the federal government is what they sold to us. It was going to be this fast train, a bullet train. But then... They realized it wasn't going to be that. So when the federal government realized that they had lied or that it just wasn't going to be the project that they had signed off on, they said, wait a minute. We didn't sign off on that. Give us that money back. And they have the grounds to ask for that back.
2: This is this is like if you borrowed money from your parents in order to buy a car
3: and I turned around and bought hot rails, they'd be like, give me that money back.
2: (laughs) Hot rails and a bicycle. I mean, there's still some transportation to it, but it's a bicycle and it's not it's not a car, you can't carry friends, and you're not going very fast. The Then your parents say, you know what, you're going to give me that money back, and you start fighting. Well, no, you said I could buy a car with it. Well, yeah, we said you could buy a car, but you bought hot rails and a bicycle.
3: The work is far behind schedule, as we have oh, really? talked about. Only oh, a Christ. third of all the bridges, viaducts, and other structures have even begun construction. The work was originally supposed to have been completed by 2017. At the cost of $6 billion. that has ballooned to $10.6 now. And do you
2: see the mental gymnastics that the Rail Authority is now going through to put this thing together? They're saying that um, if they don't speed this up, they could not have all the civil work completed to install the track by 2022. Remember, there were going to be trains running on this thing next year. When we originally decided that this was a good idea. It's just been turnover
3: after turnover after turnover. Why does the rail authority even exist still?
2: To help manage that.
3: Seriously, how do you go to work every day if you're the rail authority and just sit in your failures? Just sit in it.
2: I just assume that you're just stealing money. Five
3: and nine BS right there.
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I mean the 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 holiday parties must be spectacular at the the uh, rail authority.
3: Oh there's there's lotions and and cbd oils and all of that. I don't think they have any perspective about what failures they are and how unfeasible it is still.
2: Um the federal agency's not the only one that's uh getting loud about this. The state appointed peer review panel has raised concerns in a letter that was uh Sent in August that we talked about the panel said the the panel is not convinced that the rail authority has acquired the staff process changes, controls and resources to take on a massive contracting challenge. So you guys have been so bad up to this point. We do not feel confident that you'll be able to take any more money and do anything productive with it. But they're just pushing right ahead.
3: We have a new story to tell you out of the college cheating varsity blues scandal. It involves online classes. This latest twist.
2: Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. If I would have
0: just laid my drink down and walked down, why wouldn't be in my truck.
2: of taint tanning. will burn that out. None. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the oh, iHeartRadio app. Oh, my God, app.
3: God. That is so foul.
2: A little bit later, we'll get into a Swamp Watch, talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. The, <laughs> the president listens to our show.
0: Yes, clearly. he does.
2: He went after Nancy Pelosi's upper plate. He went after her teeth. Um, we'll talk about what's going on and what it is that Chuck Schumer wants to do. Uh, in terms of calling witnesses for the Senate trial version uh, of whether or not the president should be uh, kicked out of office. Oh, it's coming up soon, soon.
3: The Varsity Blues college cheating scandal has exposed what is a dark underbelly of online learning in this country. Um, online college class enrollment more than doubled over the last decade, according to the National Center for Education Statistics. And they're saying that it's Far easier, obviously, to cheat in an online class than in person. And it turns out one of the moms involved in the Varsity Blues scandal was in trouble for doing just this. She conspired with Rick Singer, the mastermind, to pay for a woman to take three Georgetown University online courses on behalf of her son. They even had a male colleague stand in for the son in video conferences with the professor.
2: She then took another online course for him through Arizona State University so that he could earn the final credits that he needed to graduate. Now, he has graduated. He did get a uh, degree from Georgetown University last May, which now that we know all of this stuff, I'm amazed that Georgetown doesn't rescind that diploma. Yeah. Or uh, maybe they will. I mean, but they haven't as of yet.
3: In email correspondence with Rick Singer and his associates, Uh, this mom demanded a discount for the last class because the surrogate only earned her son a C grade (laughs) in quoting here. And the experience was a nightmare. Singer wrote back and denied her a discount and replied that the process was a nightmare for all. So apparently this was maybe a more demanding mother.
2: Um, Georgetown has said that it is investigating. Georgetown was one of the schools that uh, the name kept coming up. I mean, not as much as USC, obviously, but, but one of those that had multiple cases like this, Georgetown says it's investigating and it will adjudicate the case and may recommend sanctions, including the revocation of this student's degree. I don't understand. My wife has taken a couple of these online classes. I don't understand the security, how they would ever be able to make sure that you are who to, you say you are.
3: Right. How you would able be able to prove that that person took that class.
2: Especially the the, the testing um, because there's so many even in-person classes that do online testing. How I know it's a huge uh, burden lifted from the from the professors and the teachers and lecturers, et cetera. But the you lose so much of, of the ability to actually make sure who, that's who that is. Jason they they
3: Jason Ruckert is a chief digital learning officer at a university in Florida. He says, in some ways, technology gives online courses an edge in defeating cheaters. He says, software can track locations where students log in, learn to recognize a student's keystroke pattern, and check for plagiarism by scanning other published reports. He said, I believe identifying a student cheating in an online classroom might be easier than doing so in a large face-to-face course. Interesting.
2: Yeah, that their system will check VPN addresses of the students to ensure they're submitting assignments and taking exams as the students who are enrolled doesn't always work because not everybody uses them. But it's still one of those things that they say the tools can prevent this or make it more likely that you'll get caught. But if you hire somebody to take classes for you and their URL is always the same, it can be San Jose or Liberia, they say, those things won't catch it. Schools and companies that do make anti-cheating software for them, Norton, uh, the const, they said they're in a constant arms race with essay mills that sell work to students and develop workarounds, which I feel like that was a thing when we were in school. I mean, clearly not to the ease with which that you could do it now or you just simply pay for and download a PDF file of a term paper. It's
3: but. so much more work to cheat. Just do the freaking assignments. Just write your own stuff. Just take the course. So much more effort.
2: The um, the only warning I think I've seen in the context of my daughter who's a senior in high school, the only warnings that I've seen are that whatever paper you turn in, it will be run up against a database of papers, like you were talking about this, you know, these mills um, where they can check and see whether your work is plagiarized. Just on a database of all these other papers. But... I mean, you could, uh, who uploads these, those things in the first place? That's what we had in high school. Every paper we turned in went through one of those things. It would, we, we'd submit it into a website and it ran it with all those. I don't know where all those papers came from but it would it would cross reference it with other papers in so, the database. So then if that's the case was your paper also uploaded for future reference against other papers so that you Blake couldn't turn around and sell it to somebody else. I think else? so, yeah. Oh was, uh, the guys just told me it was turnitin.com is when we used. Um but yeah, I don't I don't know if it just went off of that or if it went off of like peer reviewed stuff. I, I'm not sure where the database started but yeah, that was pretty commonplace that we would write our big papers, and those you all had to turn in on that website.
3: They said the most effective measures to defeat cheaters are having incentives for teachers to catch cheaters, <laughs> severely punish those who are caught. Yeah. I'm... Do you really need to incentivize teachers to catch cheaters? Apparently.
2: I guess so. Would you do you know anybody who ever did this?
3: What, cheated? I lifted a lot of paragraphs from encyclopedias and stuff back in the day.
2: Yeah, but did, you knew how to.
3: But I'd finang, Yeah, exactly. I, you know
2: how to massage I would know the how language to, exactly, so that it was easily uh, undetectable. Right. But isn't that what you do? Yes. And I remember feeling guilty when I wrote the paper about the invention of the bicycle. Why there, there were some there were some large chunks of that paper that were, I guess you could say, not original work. And I
3: don't expect that from you. From me, I expect this. From I a, you, I do not. It was I a different not. me.
2: I'll say that. It was a diff- I was a young, I was impressionable. How old Mr. were you? Hoffman. I was lazy. I was, how old was I? 14, yeah. 15? Something like that.
3: The first verifiable claim for a practically used bicycle belongs to German Baron Karl von Dreis, a civil servant to the Grand Duke of Baden in Germany.
2: You're reading from my paper now.
3: Dross okay. invented the Lufsch machine, German for running machine, in 1817. The history of the bicycle.
2: I'm telling you, it's fascinating. Fascinating. It's
3: not though.
2: <laughs> well, when you're 15, it was too early for me to get excited about cars at that point. 14. I still had some work. That
3: today. was too. That was pretty old to be cheating.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. When did you stop? Uh, Lifting paragraphs from encyclopedias? 2002?
3: Uh-huh.
2: Sure you did. Sure you did. Lori Lachlan, by the way, wants the FBI involved in this. uh, She wants the FBI reports. She says that those reports would show that she and Massimo Giannulli believed the half a million dollars they paid to a college admission consultant charity, to the Rick Singer charity, was a legitimate charitable donation. And wasn't any sort of a bribe to get their daughter into USC.
3: The first really popular and commercially successful design was French, actually. An example is at the Museum of Science and Technology in Ottawa. It was developed around 1863.
2: Still one of those that I think you had to kick.
3: Velocipede.
2: Yeah. You still used your feet and kind of ran with the two wheels under your junk.
3: Right. Under your junk?
2: Yeah. You ever seen anybody ride a bike?
3: <laughs> Show is so stupid.
2: I agree. Uh I agree.
3: let's talk trending when we come back. Can <laughs> you ever Shannon. see anyone ride a bike?:
2: We'll continue right after that
3: <laughs>
0: Can the hustle.
2: 6:40, Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app this Monday, December 16th. Uh, damn near lunchtime.
3: Oh, yeah, that pizza should be here.
2: Is that where Nick went? He's going to eat the entire birthday pizza by himself. Yeah. It happened. I haven't seen him for a few minutes.
3: Well, it is his birthday. Yeah, if, if he wants to eat because the whole pizza. We he
2: couldn't can. be too mad if he
3: did no. the whole thing.
2: Uh, The bottom of the hour, Serena Marshall is going to join us from Washington, D.C. It looks like Wednesday will be the House floor vote on impeachment. And there's still some Democrats who are kind of hedging their bets here. They're not uh, coming down one way or the other, at least not yet. They're in some pretty important swing districts. So uh, we'll see how the, uh, the thought process is going for those people.
3: What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Well, Boeing shares fell today as the company is expected to soon decide whether to further cut or just suspend production of that 737 Max. Um, The timeline for that plane's return to service slipped into the new year. The uh, company has repeatedly warned investors that it could cut output of the planes again or uh, suspend its production line if this flight ban drags on longer.
2: This The meeting was held, or a meeting, board meeting was held over the weekend, and today they're saying is it could come as early as today, this decision, but probably wouldn't come until after the close of business.
3: Oh, we have an Amber Alert this morning. A two-year-old girl was found safe. Her father has been arrested. She was taken in San Jose after the father stabbed the mother. She was taken to the hospital with life threatening injuries, but the little girl is safe and sound.
2: Yeah, they did say they found her uh, and her father in San Luis Obispo County, but didn't get too specific. Story we told you about last week an 18 year old Barnard College freshman who was killed in a park near campus in New York City. Uh, and then a 13 year old boy had been charged in her stabbing death. A couple of updates on that story. Number one, now they're saying that the 13 year old was not the one who stabbed. Tessa majors,
3: but he was the one who handed the murder weapon to one of the other teenagers after it fell to the ground during their struggle with Tessa.
2: They said it was a robbery gone wrong.
3: That they followed a man into the park to rob him, and then turned their sights on Tessa.
2: Yeah, but so that's one side of it. The other story that's connected to this is a New York City police union head made a comment that Tessa was in the park to buy marijuana.
3: And now the union is in trouble with the mayor's office and the family of Tessa, as you can imagine, calling this claim uh, deeply inappropriate, irresponsible. It's, it's not um, important. It's completely unimportant what yeah. she was doing in the park when she was stabbed and killed.
2: I even I saw the report that she was jogging. Like she was just out for a run and that she wasn't It was five
3: thirty at night. You know, it's not like
2: That's not an appropriate time to buy pot. No. Doesn't seem like it. No.
3: I think if you're gonna buy pot, you're gonna wait till the seven o'clock hour.
2: Oh, some a hole in Minnesota started stealing packages from Porches and thought that they were so clever that they wrote a thank you note and left it on the porch in place of the package that they stole.
3: After spending the afternoon with thousands of these people, um, I can tell you that they are a polite bunch. People from Minnesota? (laughs) Yes.
2: Uh, The note says, so just a quick little thank you for leaving me the opportunity of stealing your package. Uh, Very nice of you. Thank you. Uh, And then something like the next, the next. Oh, the next owner of your pack, the new owner of your package is how it's signed.
3: That's they it took is. it from a woman named Hillary Von Dors, Von Smith's doorstep in St. Paul. And she told the local station she was angry, and confused and quite flabbergasted by the note, which on Facebook she branded a D head move. <laughs>
2: true uh some d head tried to get away with something in uh, new york city right in the middle of SantaCon.
3: a group of santas were able to jump to the rescue and restrain the man
2: uh, he was a stabbing suspect who was on board the long island railroad train two men were fighting heading from manhattan to long island about six o'clock one of those guys allegedly drunk shouts homophobic comments while holding a knife stabs a 22 year old in the leg and that's when santas got involved And restrained the guy until the cops could get there.
3: I love this story. A high school soccer coach in New York took his team to Hooters after they lost. And there's nothing wrong with this (laughs) because the wings there are delicious. Okay. And everyone's very nice there. And they wear more clothes than they did in the Hooters of our youth. Like the Hooters of our youth, I think they're wearing the
2: exact same clothes as the Hooters of our youth. Yeah.
3: I spent a weekend at Hooters in Portland when my cousin got married. It was like the only restaurant near the hotel.
2: Do the women have hair on their legs at the Hooters in Portland?
1: Excuse me. What? Yeah, From Oregon.
2: Yes. I'm still waiting. Do you know the answer? Yeah. So, you know?
3: You're not going to ask Amy if she's got hair on her legs, are you?
2: Not officially. Mm Because that would be... All
3: right. Careful, mister. (laughs) Wow. So yesterday at the game, one of my uh, friends on the sideline, and I'll just leave it at that. He uh, he's trying to tell me and and Haley, who's a team reporter, a story, and uh, and he goes, "What's it called again? What's it called? You know, the women's effing movement. What's that called?" Oh, jeez, <laughs> so hilarious. <laughs> uh, me too. What do you call it? All them broads yeah. that get all mouthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Totally. That's great. Uh, Good times. All right. Coming up next, we will uh, continue our therapy session. There's other stories to talk about other than turnover gate. Uh, (laughs) uh, There are uh, the Raiders who have officially left Oakland and to a sea of booze for Derek Carr. There's the story out of the Dallas Rams game about the weird coin toss to talk about as well.
2: I can't remember there ever been a, a replay like that. Yeah, that I mean, was to just, go to New York to hear the audio of the coin flip. It was odd. Uh, and I do have a sports fan etiquette question. Not oh. specific to football, but just if you're going to go to a game, I have, I have an etiquette question. Okay. All right.
3: Well, I am where you turn for all your etiquette news. So that's perfect.
2: Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment.
3: I need it. I need it. I need it, I need you, I need it, I need it, need it,
4: need it, I need you, cause we can see this through, if it's just me and you, there ain't a thing to lose, there ain't a thing to prove,
3: just give me all of you. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the I Radio app. You know, I need you. Got some hot takes.
2: Hot takes here. Hot take. Touchdown. Three-point shot. Home run. Hat trick. Something from golf. Uppercut.
3: All gas, no breaks. It's time for Gary and Shannon's Hot Sports Takes. Well, it's been a couple of tough weeks to call games in the NFL. No fantasy foreplay winners. Also, no winners yesterday.
2: <laughs> ever at all in, any, in wanted, any arena. I
3: wanted to talk a little bit about the Heisman speech from Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, who won the Heisman Saturday night, quarterback from LSU. If you haven't seen him play, it is a treat. He won in a record-breaking landslide. This is the first time in 60 years LSU brought, brought home the, uh, the Heisman. And he thanked his fellow teammates, as you can imagine, and his coaches and and past Heisman winners, but then he kind of paused to collect himself and he talked about his hometown. And he said, Coming from Southeast Ohio, it's a very, very impoverished area. The poverty rate is almost two times the national average. There are so many people there that don't have a lot. Numb up here for all those kids in Athens and Athens County that go to home with go home with not a lot of food on the table, hungry after school, you guys can be up here too. And there was a person in Athens who started a Facebook fundraiser for the Athens County Food Pantry. They've already raised more than $120,000. Wow.
2: Just from that speech. Yes. Uh, there are a lot of people who are saying that Joe Burrow is uh, a guy who plays in the same vein as um, as Tom Brady. That it's, he is a Tom Brady that he's a faster, stronger Tom Brady.
3: It's sad that he's going to go to the Bengals, but that's where he's going to go. And for the people of Cincinnati, good on you. Well, especially if he's
2: from Ohio. Andy
3: Dalton, I think, threw four picks yesterday, just hours after that acceptance speech. So
2: he's uh... trying to make it easier for right. uh, for Joe Burrow, perhaps. Uh, yesterday, I was at Ewer as well, the uh, the Chargers game. Chargers hosted the Minnesota Vikings. And those Minnesota Vikings fans who showed up to that game... Were the nicest people yes, in the world. they
3: really were. It was the best crowd, the most well-behaved crowd I think I've ever seen, ever, and, and no matter what game, my whole life. I mean, they were just so well-behaved. And
2: But the Chargers ended up losing in an uh, unusual fashion, only that their losses up to this point had been by one
3: score. They hadn't had that many points hung on them since 2011. Wow. They don't lose like that. And like Anthony Lynn said, the, uh, all three phases... There was just, but I, you know, and I, I, I disagree with that um, because I believe that the defense played a great game, but were put in bad situations. Yes, just no lose, no win situations. Just based on turnovers, All right? And in the red zone, and you know, you can only hold them so many times.
2: Um, <clears throat> the Rams also lost yesterday in Dallas in a weird game that involved a uh, a question about what was said during the coin toss. That resulted in Dallas getting the I mean, it d- what didn't decide the game at all. But uh, Dallas got the ga- the ball at the second half kickoff as well. Uh, so the Rams lost. The Raiders lost in their last game in Oakland.
3: The Raiders were a disaster yesterday. They blew a 16-3 lead in yeah. the second half. Just a complete mess. Derek Carr <laughs> trying to thank fans in Oakland. And he's just booed off the field. Oops.
2: And then the 49ers lost as well. I mean, all California football teams it lost It was a yesterday.
3: bad day, guys.
2: Hey, I have a question. This is my sports etiquette question. So if you're going to a game, which jerseys are you allowed to wear?
3: Well, this is an etiquette question that is going to have a lot of answers depending on, on your own belief system. I, I saw a guy in, in a Lions jersey yesterday yeah. at the game, and... Uh, here's the thing. Some football fans are just going to go to a game because it's a game. It's an right. NFL game. They're and they a football go. fan.
2: They'll watch anybody. right?
3: Wants. And they'll wear their Detroit Lions jersey, even though the Detroit Lions are not playing at that stadium that day. I don't understand those people, but they're out there. Yeah.
2: They, so here's the thing. I actually took down the, the list of, of just out-of-place jerseys yesterday. Okay. Again, we're watching the Vikings play the Chargers. Yeah. I saw a Steve Young jersey. It's not you. I checked. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Michael Vick Jersey from when he was with the Eagles. There was a Brett Favre Jersey, which makes sense because he played for Minnesota, but you don't imagine to me, that's a, that would be like Brett Favre in a Jets Jersey. Like it does. Yes. Yeah. I know he played for them, but that's not who he is. That's not, you would never wear a Joe Montana
3: chiefs. Kansas cities. No.
2: Um, Patrick Mahomes, of course, speaking of the Chiefs, Mitchell Trubisky jersey. There was an Adrian Peterson jersey from the Cardinals. And again, Adrian Peterson did spend a lot of time in Minnesota, but this was even the this was the Cardinal anyway. And then the Derek Carr jersey, I think, was the one that made me laugh the most.
3: That's like going to a And I've seen this before. You're One week early, sir. I
2: spent a lot more time going to baseball games than I had football games. And there are a lot of people who will wear a Cardinals jersey when they're watching the Dodgers play the Padres. Yeah. Right. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense other than to what you said earlier. Maybe there's just I'm a huge fan of the sport and I'll watch anybody play. Right. I don't know what the etiquette is there. Like if my buddy was if my buddy sat next to me and he's wearing a a Cleveland Browns jersey to the game yesterday. You're going to
3: say, what are you doing? Don't sit next to me. What are you doing here?
2: People are going to ask questions about your mental. Uh, Colts and Saints tonight, I think, is Monday Night Football.
3: What is on the line? Anything on the line here?
2: No, if anything's on the line. I know the Saints are... uh,
3: Give me something that matters.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's going to... I don't know if there's anything that, at this point, after the 49ers dropped a fifth seed in that... So
3: what does that mean? If they're five seed, where am I going to go to the wild card game? Is it going to be in Dallas or in New Orleans? Either or I'll go to either one of those.
2: You'd prefer to go to Dallas. Yes. I mean, just in terms of the the,
3: the team, yeah. Because there's to come always out of there with a, a chance that the Cowboys crap themselves. Oh,
2: that's. I think this whole season has been a series of them crapping themselves. Yeah. It's just that Derek uh, Jared, uh, Jared Goff had a bigger one waiting for them than they did. Are you trying to figure out what's on what's online the line for tonight?
3: Yeah, and it doesn't look like much. Yeah, I don't think much of anything
2: because yeah. the <clears throat> the Saints are in it for sure, as are a bunch of other teams. So uh, as we get into the d- deeper into the season, it looks like there's not a whole lot of uh, changes that are going to be going on. It's just who is going to be seated where. We know basically what the playoff teams are. So when we come back. Speaking of playoff teams, impeachment.
3: That doesn't make any sense.
2: No, but I was just trying to make it. I feel
3: like you could have done something there, something special. Like what? I don't know.
2: Okay, well, speaking of playoff teams, impeachment is just around the corner. We'll talk about what it means when the House votes on Wednesday and then what Chuck Schumer has been saying he wants to happen in the Senate trial if, in fact, they do vote to impeach, which is likely they will.
3: Also, proof that the president listens to this show.
2: Love it. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. So, give me one more
0: shot to tonight. I will tell you if my hope stops being right. Let me show you that the only thing I know, no
3: matter where we go, we'll like the team will be connected. Gary and Shannon, KFI. 640 live everywhere on that iHeart radio app. Authorities say at least nine people have died in weather related crashes in several Midwestern states. Huge storm dumped nearly a foot of snow in places, forced schools to close. National Weather Service says this was part of a storm system that hit parts of the Midwest, expected to extend into the Northeast through Tuesday.
2: You ever heard of Instagram Face? Instagram face. There's a there's a movement uh, that suggests that the way that we use our filters on social media and plastic surgery and things like Facetune could unfortunately create a very singular cyborgian look amongst humans. That seems nice. That
3: sounds terrible. Sorry,
2: rather dystopian look at the world. But I mean, it, like you said, it was a bad football day. So
3: I don't want to hear the F word anymore today. You were
2: just watching post game press conferences from around the league.
3: I know, and I said, "Why am I doing this?" Let's let's talk politics. Time for swamp. Yeah, cleanse
4: our palate. Drain the swamp. We're gonna drain the swamp of Washington. We're gonna have fun doing it. We're all
0: doing it together. Swamp launch. Well,
3: it looks like some Democrats are still trying to figure out what they are going to do when it comes to impeachment vote time.
2: Serena Marshall is joining us live from Washington, D.C., covering all this for ABC News and for us. Serena, how's it going?
1: Hey, Gary. Hey, Shannon. How's it going?
2: Good. Uh, We're looking for what would potentially be an historic week if, in fact, the House does vote to impeach the president Wednesday. kind of looks like uh, it's a certainty, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much gearing up to go down party lines. You did mention that there's one Democrat who's already indicated they're planning to cross the aisle, not just to join with the Republicans for the vote, but to actually switch parties altogether. Uh, It's marking the Democrats' first political casualty, if you will, when it comes to impeachment. But the House Speaker has indicated they haven't done any kind of a whip count on this, because they do want members to vote their conscience. Now, different news organizations have reached out to different freshman members of Congress to see how they'd be voting, and those are the ones most people are watching, because there's about 30 freshmen Democrats who won in 2018 in districts that the president had won in 2016. And many of them seem to be indicating they're actually going to vote on impeachment because they feel the president crossed the line by asking uh, Ukraine to investigate what could be his political rival, Joe Biden, and his family. Um, But really, it'll come down to that vote on Wednesday on where members vote uh, if they will, as the speaker said, vote their conscience. Uh, And then it'll head off to the Senate, where most people are actually paying closer attention right now because they need to figure out how exactly this Senate trial will, will look. And we know that Chuck Schumer, the minority leader, has put out a letter saying he wants to hear from uh, a slew of witnesses, including John Bolton and the President's Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney. And at the same time, the Senate Majority Leader uh, has, has indicated that unlike what the President has said he wants, which included live witnesses, he would not like to see live witnesses. In fact, he wants to keep this, in his words, short and sweet, less than two weeks in length. And so it'll be interesting To see how those two, the minority and majority leader, come to an agreement on and and if there will be live witnesses. Yeah, who gets the final say on that? Well it's interesting the way this this all breaks down So if you look at impeachment Remember that's akin to an indictment in a grand jury And then the Senate has the lone power to convict And remove a president from office That's directly from the Constitution But the Constitution doesn't lay out How exactly they should go about doing it Now we know that the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court Would be the one overseeing that Senate trial But as for how the rules of that trial Would actually come down That's typically an agreement Between the majority and the minority leader Now if we look back in history, for example, at the Clinton impeachment, they met and they came to terms on how things like how often they would uh, meet during the week, how much time the the defense and, and for all intents and purposes of prosecution would get when it comes to making their case. Uh, for things, though, and normally those things are rather easy rules to come to terms on, and when they set them up for a vote, they aim to have all 100 senators vote in favor of those rules. For things that are more complicated, like witness, uh, that in the Clinton impeachment came out later. It'll be interesting to see when they come to these terms, So if they'll try and address that uh, up front so everybody knows how that trial will actually look.
2: Uh, th- is there any chance that the president himself testifies before the Senate in this trial?
1: Well, if I was a betting woman, I would say no, but I've learned not to bet on politics uh, in my last uh, (laughs) decade or so in Washington. So um, I severely doubt it. I don't see um, Republicans thinking that works in their favor in any way. Remember, during the Mueller investigation, the president said publicly multiple times that he wanted to testify. He wanted to speak to Robert Mueller, and then we know that he never actually did even sit down, that he provided written answers to Mueller for the investigation, and that that he wasn't going to push it with a lawsuit because it would drag on their investigation for another at least year or so while it made its way through the courts. So I would say it passes precedent with his administration that's a hard no. But uh, we don't even know how the witnesses are going to look at this point. Like I said, the president said just last week he wants live witnesses. He wants a robust defense. And Mitch McConnell came out and said, you know, we don't really want to go down that path because it'll drag this out longer into like a six week trial and we want to keep this about five to ten days. And so They don't even know right now if they're on the same page when it comes to having witnesses at all in the Senate.
3: And then it looks like they've got some actual work that they're doing Uh, that doesn't have much to do with the uh, impeachment inquiry this week before they before they go on holiday, huh?
1: Yeah, they have a a couple minor things, like keeping the government open to check off their to-do list. Um, So that vote in the House on the government funding bill is expected to happen tomorrow. That's kind of the end-all, be-all date in order to make sure it gets to the Senate in time to have that vote before Friday when money runs out. We're told that they seem to be on the same page when it comes to that funding bill. All of the big funding buckets have been agreed to. There's some minor details they were trying to work out still. Um, But the president already indicated that the bill that was in the House, he would sign. It included some big priorities like Space Force and um, and and maternity leave for federal workers. Uh, so it looks like that'll just be going through no problem. There's also that replacement for NAFTA, the USMCA, which is the trade deal between Canada, Mexico, and the United States. That seemed to be actually on its way towards strong bipartisan support last week. And right now, it still has that strong bipartisan support. But there is a hiccup there because Mexico has indicated they have some problems with that deal, that, uh apparently they weren't aware of previously, including allowing U.S. inspectors into Mexican plants for inspections. And so it'll be interesting to see if they'll be able to come to another agreement with Mexico before that moves forward in Congress. But they're hoping to get that vote in Congress on by Thursday.
2: Amazing. Serena, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Serena Marshall there with the latest from D.C. It's funny that we talk about the president and his desire to have live witnesses Uh, The suggest there's there's I've heard two different versions of what the president wants in all of this. One would be an absolute slam dunk. This thing has a bullet in it before it even gets to the actual trial version and the Senate simply votes it down right away. Or it's a long drawn out TV courtroom drama that the longer it goes the more it embarrasses Democrats. So, we'll we'll again, that part of it doesn't even re, don't really have to talk about that until after Wednesday when the vote happens for impeachment. Uh, which is likely, and then that's when the Senate will decide what to do, probably not before January.
3: All right, proof the president listens to this show, and Pete Edge is drawing some anger from the left. I'll tell you all about that when we come back. Gary
2: and Shannon will continue a Swamp Watch. Shannon KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Watching a uh, very severe weather system move its way through uh, Louisiana into Mississippi. They're talking about downed trees and homes that have been hit. They're saying that they were have reports of tornadoes, but nothing confirmed in that area. Several thousand people have had their uh, power knocked out over the last couple of hours because of these storms that are rolling through there. Well... We are now heading into our final debate of the year, although it's not going to be the final debate among uh, Democrats, but Loyola Marymount University is uh, going to host the debate next week. No, this week, Thursday. Wait a minute. What if we're not able to watch it? What if we're busy on Thursday?
3: I think we'll survive that. Are you sure? Yes, I do.
2: Um, and there's a, been a bunch of different write-ups about what's going on as we get into this final debate of 2019. You may have seen the headline that all of the Democratic candidates, or I should say, the top seven, basically, even though there's more, have said that they want the the party to change the way they determine who is available and who qualifies for these debates. I don't think that's a good idea. You guys, you're already complaining about the fact that there were 11 or 12 people on stage. Why do you want more? Why do you want even more people up there? That didn't make any sense to me.
3: The president opened a new front on his fight with Nancy Pelosi yesterday, suggesting on Twitter that her teeth were falling out (laughs) as she answered a reporter's question about why bribery was not made an article of impeachment. She has described the president's efforts to pressure Ukraine into this investigation as bribery.
2: Yeah, that's that's something I keep hearing Democrats talk about, but it wasn't in the articles of impeachment. It is spelled out as one of the three things that you can impeach a president for bribery, treason and high crimes and misdemeanors. But if they kept talking about bribery, why wasn't that one of the articles of impeachment?
3: And one of the representatives, Mark Meadows, Republican, retweeted a clip of that and he wrote because it wasn't true. And then the president piled on with because Nancy's teeth were falling out of her mouth and she didn't have time to think.
2: The video shows that just before she answered the reporter's question, she moved her mouth slightly and took a sip of water, but her teeth did not appear out of place, and her speech was not interrupted. Now, there's a couple of things about this. The Washington Post wrote this thing up, right? Uh, And for some reason felt like they had to defend Nancy Pelosi's dentures. It's just funny. Like, it's funny. You don't have to say, well, it's, the president said her dentures fell out, and we fact-checked it, and they didn't.
3: Everyone's thinking it. Somebody had to say it. Right. It's the elephant in the room. <laughs> she's been very visible this year, and she's yapping, and we we can't get past any of her comments without making a mention of the teeth because it's a situation. Yeah. She needs to get to cunning dental because whoever fit her for those teeth did not do her a service. They're the wrong size. Or they're the wrong shape or something's going on where those teeth are not operating correctly in that mouth.
2: <laughs> or they've just been around for a long time.
3: Well, it's time to do something about those. Give Pete Edge was at a college doing one of his uh, town hall type speeches. And one of the college kids had a sign that said Wall Street Pete. Another said, youth to Pete, you will kill us. And Pete Buttigieg sees this sign and he's like, no, I won't. You will kill us. That's really mean. I'm here to help you.
2: Why are people turning on Pete Buttigieg? Well,
3: the younger generation is all about climate change, the climate crisis. They want the leaders, the political leaders to act on this, and they are angry with the more moderate people like Pete Edge, who is not putting climate change and the climate crisis in priority number one.
2: 22-year-old Dylan Bremner heard that exchange where he, Mayor Pete, said, that's mean. And Dylan said, I thought it was condescending when he said, that's mean. I think it's pretty effing mean that you're not going to save us, said Dylan.
3: Oh, boy.
2: Another 20-year-old student, Oscar. If you're
3: looking for Pete Buttigieg to be your savior.
2: Well, or even if you think he's such a threat to you.
3: Also, kids, even if we try to tackle the climate crisis and make it priority number one, if China does nothing, we're equally screwed. Right.
2: Now, you know, there's there's also an aspect to this that I'm not sure that they understand. Now, I... I think that there's a – I think we've reached a point where there has to be something done, right? We cannot continue the process that we've – we can't continue the path that we've been on. But we have made changes to the way we do big business, the way we do all of our manufacturing, et cetera, to make it cleaner. Well, I mean, look
3: at the difference between 2019 Los Angeles and 1989 Los Angeles. Sure. I can see the mountains. Exactly.
2: Now – if what they want to happen is basically a shutdown of transportation in general in order to cut the n- number of carbons that are emitted into our atmosphere they're talking about a very different world very different lifestyles where they don't get the ge- they don't get the benefit of traveling off to uh, some school in uh, on the east coast some liberal arts college without doing a oh seven-week wagon train to get there so i don't think they quite understand the importance of uh, of what transportation is to our economy to our world now we could do it cleaner yes and we are moving in that direction of course but uh i there's too many of them that are advocating a simple cut off of everything that has anything fun associated with it
3: did you hear about michael bloomberg in trouble with the ladies
2: the ladies, yeah. I didn't realize he was hot with the ladies.
3: Um, no, I don't think he is. But apparently, there's some new allegations about the uh, culture and some some uh, crude remarks that he has made Uh-oh. about women.
2: Something about his notebook or his memoirs or something like that. He was writing uh, extensively about things that what was it? He was keeping a notebook about sayings.
3: The the Portable Bloomberg, The Wit and Wisdom of Michael Bloomberg. And this is a 32-page book of one-liners compiled by colleagues at his company. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
2: Can you imagine if somebody just sat around and took notes about what you said? The
3: L.A. Times won't let me read this article because... I've reached my limit. Well, what would they say about fun. you?
2: What would uh, what were some of the quotes that you would have today? Just just today. Just today.
3: What do you mean? I've been on great behavior today.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. I had to apologize to Fred Rogan when he came in and he tapped you on the shoulder. And all he was going to do was talk about sports. And before he could get a word out, you barfed about 45 seconds worth of, uh, uh, of football critique at him.
3: Uh, he yeah, out of but the room he, he allowed he allowed me to. He understood that I needed to vent.
2: Maybe that's what he was doing. He was just he was your soft place to land.
3: At a Christmas party in 2012, Michael Bloomberg pointed to a woman wearing a tight dress and said, "Look at the ass on her." <laughs>
2: <laughs> you don't think Bernie Sanders has ever said that same thing? No. Place? Oh, what about M- Mayor Pete Buttigieg? One
3: quote attributed to Bloomberg red if women wanted to be appreciated for their brains they'd go to the library instead of to Bloomingdale's uh, okay it's not wrong well. <laughs> what are we doing I will f- we'll see we'll okay, see when we come back okay. wild It'll card segment
2: Gary and Shannon will continue right <laughs> after this
0: you can change me can you say
3: Like the last people you should be asking for life advice are Nick and Fred Rogan, and those were the people I reached out to that morning. Hey, do you think this is a good idea? You didn't even. I should have just texted you. Didn't you. Bother me?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say you didn't even. You bother would have made the ask. right decision. You didn't even go for like two out of three. No, you just took the two yes votes, and you're like, well, I'm good, 100 <laughs> percent right there. A couple of uh, stories that we are following. The uh, strong storms have left a huge problem in Alabama, Louisiana. There was apparently a large tornado that damaged homes and a church today in Louisiana. And then tornado warnings issued in several other states uh, like Alabama, Texas, Mississippi as well. More than 2,000 power outages have been reported as well.
3: Oh, well, this is good news. LA County health officials warning that three people with measles passed through. Oh, I don't know, LAX last Wednesday.
2: Good news is it's not a busy place, right? Um, you flew through there this weekend, didn't you? Did you I did. Leave from LAX, I did. Uh, your response, your re- reaction to the airport uh, was was pretty funny i don't
3: understand how they can't get it together to figure out security lines and how to move them through in I an watched, expeditious fashion
2: i watched once upon a time in hollywood on friday night great movie. and there's a there's a scene where they're walking down uh one of the long hallways there at lax it's with the that, same the tile yeah they didn't do it a damn oh, thing no, to it no it looks exactly today like it did in 1969
3: and i think that's the joke Uh you know, like that's a I little so. nod to exactly how far we've come at that place.
2: Earlier today, we told you the story about uh, Gerald Tottenham and uh, Zatara and their their travails. Their traveling travails uh, over the course of uh, Thanksgiving.
3: That's Brandon. the name of the uh, possum?
2: Zatara? Yes.
3: I wonder what the where that came from.
2: We're going to have to ask because uh, Nick was able to track Gerald down. How are you, Gerald?
4: I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Good.
3: Good. So, you, how did this come to be that you have a pet possum? And is it possum or a possum?
4: Well, possum—they're only found in Australia, and opossum is here in North America, and it's the only marsupial in North America.
0: That's a so fun fact.
4: Tell, yeah, as you can tell, when I first uh, rescued her, I did all my research, so I was on Google for the first twenty-four hours.
2: Uh, where did you uh, Where did you rescue her from?
4: Uh, she's a. Well, she's a swimming pool rescue. I don't think there's too many stores you can walk in. But now she was uh, in a friend's swimming pool, and uh, you should actually see the picture of it. She's, I mean, if you saw her face, you'd want to rescue her, too. She's pretty cute.
2: So you have swimsuit pictures mm-hmm. of your of your possum?
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, she's oh. just hanging off her dear life onto like a, oh, you know the clear oh, that oh. goes in the middle of the swimming
2: pool? Got it. Yeah, okay, in. Well, and I guess they're probably not great swimmers, right?
3: I mean, apparently they can swim, but
4: I'm not sure about at that age. She was pretty small.
3: So how did you come up with her name?
4: Uh, that, I was going to say for 10 extra points, if you guess the uh, movie where I got that from, you'll be a winner, I guess. Um, Anybody? Tron? Mm, no, nah, I think that's cold. Um,
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to say that was close. like,
4: oh, you almost <laughs> got it. <laughs> no, you're told. Um The Count of Monte Cristo. Ah. Wow, that is a
2: great reference. Then,
4: now, yeah, I, I felt it was it was pretty fitting because he says the name sounds fearsome, and then the uh, Luigi Van the pirate, he says it means driftwood, and she was drifting in a pool. So,
2: well, you were going to head to Texas uh, to see mom for Thanksgiving, and you uh, took Zatara, your opossum, uh, onto a plane um, in I assume what would have been a dog or a cat carrier, right?
4: Yeah, exactly. And actually, it was just uh, a week and a half ago. December fourth, we departed. Oh, okay. And then we were to come back on the the seventh.
2: So I, you and you did your research, like you you checked and made sure it was okay for you to carry an opossum on on the
4: plane, even
3: if the opossum was not a service animal, right? No, exactly. And that's
4: one of the things. So if it is to be a service animal, they specifically only have three types that are allowed, and it's a cat. Dog or miniature horse, which is of course (laughs) is ludicrous,
2: of course, but a horse, yeah, of course.
4: And uh, I, so I, but yeah, so I, I did honestly. I started like literally a month in advance, and I called like Department of Transportation. They said it was okay with them if it was okay with the airline, and I called the eight hundred number for JetBlue. They said it was okay, and honestly, it sounded a little too easy. So I called the front desk at uh, Long Beach, and they said no. As long as she fits in an approved uh, pet carrier, then you know, and she fits under the seat, then it's fine. And I was like, okay. So I just got on Amazon, got an approved pet carrier, and uh, she's actually sitting right next to me right now. Oh, but I, um,
2: I can sense her.
4: <laughs> well, we got when we got to JetBlue or got to the Long Beach Airport, uh, we checked in, and the ladies at the front we're just you know they're excited to see her and of course everybody's first reaction is oh my gosh because you know they feel a lot different when they're flat on the road than when they're alive and uh she's you know pretty soft and anyways they just they loved her went through tsa you have to pull her out of the bag and walk through her i mean walk through the line with her you can't stick them to the x-ray machine and uh went through there no problem and then as you saw from that picture i think if you saw that article We literally got on the plane without any issues, and we're in Texas for five days. And then boarding the plane coming back is when we had the issue.
3: So was there ever uh, a possibility of leaving her with a friend or something so you didn't have to go through this travel mess with the opossum?
4: Uh, Well, I live in California. You're talking about. Before I left, or no, no, no. I...
2: When you came back, because you, like you said, getting there wasn't the issue. It's when you got on the plane to come back that they said, "Hey, uh, Mister, you can't do that."
4: Yeah, no, exactly. And best thing, my mom lives in Austin, so we were just visiting. And no, I mean, I've got friends back there, but it's Texas, and I'm not sure their pets are possum friendly. So
3: just...
4: no, that was not that was not an option.
3: Does the opossum ever play opossum? Uh, no, and thank goodness, that's an involuntary action. Yeah, so they can't they control it.
4: Yeah, they have to get the crud scared out of them, and then that happens. But also, when they do that, they excrete some type of smell, so I'm just really hoping that doesn't happen. Oh, my
2: <laughs> Gerald, that would have been horrific if that had happened on an airplane.
4: Uh, that would have been pretty bad. I, I Yeah, I, I would not have want to been there for that. So, and luckily we haven't had that kind of an accident yet. So and how does
3: it living with a nocturnal animal like that, does that ever create a problem or no?
4: It's incredible. Best pet I've ever had. I mean, if I'm not at work, one of my favorite hobbies is sleeping. And that's her like full-time job.
2: What do you do for a job, if you don't mind me asking?
4: I'm, <laughs> I'm in manufacturing. I manufacture photo booths in Costa Mesa. Oh, wow.
2: Okay. Uh, and I, I detect a bit of an accent. Is that a Long Beach accent or is that from somewhere else?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I talk exactly like Snoop Dogg. Um, <laughs> no, we, I'm, <laughs> I'm originally from Texas. I, I have a twin brother and uh, we moved out here, shoot, 17 years ago. Wow. But we go back home quite a bit.
3: Did you know that adult opossums have 50 teeth?
4: She does, and yeah, from the time she was literally the size of half my hand, she yawns every five minutes, and their mouth opens like 180 degrees, so she shows off all of her teeth every (laughs) time she does. That's
2: terrifying.
3: And then what does she eat? Yeah, I've I've got several
4: pictures of it. It's like, is she about to tear me in half, or is she just yawning? But she just yawns all the time, but she does sleep 20 hours a day, so. Um, For food, she eats. A good, healthy food um, diet of, like, mainly dog food. But I sprinkled calcium on it.
2: For so, for her coat? Where do you put calcium? Uh, no, but,
3: soft.
4: Well, so in the wild, they uh, that's the thing about possums. If they're in captivity, they can develop some kind of disease if you don't uh, supplement their food with enough calcium. Because in the wild, they eat a lot of dead animals, uh, and the bones is where they get it from. And I haven't started dragging dead animals in for her to eat. So. Well, um,
2: when you were on your way back from Austin, JetBlue said no go. Uh, you were able to get a ticket on United. Was there, a, was there a problem at all with United coming home? Did you have to explain this is not a cat? It's not a funny looking uh, service rat or anything like that? This is an opossum?
4: possum? No, because no, I learned my lesson the first time. I did that with JetBlue and, well, it wasn't an issue. And then I just needed to get her back. So I didn't say anything about it. And we went through uh, the same deal. Went through TSA, no problem. Uh, sitting at the gate, we got on uh, got on the plane, no issue, and just got right back. The the problem was uh, United only flew from Austin straight to LAX, so then I had to sit in the 405 for 15 hours to come back to Newport Beach,
2: which is probably um, the worst portion of the whole trip.
4: Oh, it's yeah, and with the fantastic new uh, Uber and Lyft can't come into the airport yeah. you got to get shuttled over to that spot that was you know the line was not horrible but it wasn't great hey jared
3: sorry yeah, go, oh i was just wondering if you could send us a picture of one oh, of the one good. of the pictures where she's like yawning yeah. i want to see those teeth
4: well if you yeah if you go to uh at zatara the opossum uh, it's i think it's one of the. she's got her own
2: one, twitter
4: page Oh, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Well. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I think I've got it on Ed Gerald Monroe. It's it. on my Instagram. Yeah. That's, and you can see I'm holding up a towels that she was sleeping under on my desk. And I caught her right in the middle of a big yawn.
2: Gerald, thanks for taking time for us today.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Give Zatara a big pet or a ear scratch or whatever she likes the most.
4: Well, she's here listening to
2: you. Okay, well, we do have a lot of... She's not our only opossum listener, but but we're glad that oh she's Oh, my alone. gosh,
3: she's so cute. <laughs> she really is.
2: Gerald, thanks again. Good luck on your next travel day.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Thank y'all.
2: You bet. Well, that turned out better than I thought it would, didn't
3: it? Yeah, it did. You're going to get mean, an opossum, aren't you? I'm thinking about getting one for the <laughs> office.
2: Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. I'm watching the- And KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. If you uh, drove in this morning and saw some Amber Alerts on the, uh, on the freeway signs, San Jose police said they have caught the guy, and the two-year-old that was abducted is uh, safe. This guy was suspected of stabbing his girlfriend in San Jose. He was captured uh, down around San Luis Obispo County, they're saying, but they haven't said anything more specific than that. The girlfriend... Is in the hospital recovering from the stabbing. They did say that they were life threatening injuries, but as of this point, she's okay.
3: Well, we have a new full length trailer for Top Gun Maverick, of course, the highly anticipated sequel to one of the best movies of ever, of all time. Of ever.
0: Your instructor is one of the finest pilots this program has ever produced.
2: Airplane shot, airplane shot, airplane shot. Guy porn. His exploits
0: are legendary.
2: More airplanes. Whoa! Slick move, an airplane.
0: What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death.
2: But then what about the funeral scene? In- All right. Emergency plane shot. Wait, here comes a catchy one-liner.
4: Your reputation precedes you.
2: I have to admit I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. Ha!
3: -ha! I love that. called orders, Maverick. So it shows Tom Cruise back in the cockpit for the first time since the original, and it gives us a look at who will be rounding out that cast, including Miles Teller as Goose's son.
2: Now explain to me your reaction to that.
3: I didn't know that was Miles Teller. Oh,
2: I thought you didn't know that was Goose's son.
3: No, I oh, knew okay. who it was supposed to be um, because he's got the mustache and the the same color hair. But I the didn't know mustache, that that was Miles Teller. Think about that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, John Hamm, they said, is in it. Where, where is he in the trailer? He's a vice
2: admiral. He was. He did a quick. There's one shot of the face. Oh, okay. there. okay. Yeah, he's a vice admiral. I didn't catch
3: admiral. that. And then Jennifer Connolly looks to be the love interest. I know. I don't like it either. Uh, what did you think? What is your face? Tell me what that face means. Why did
2: they have to bring another love interest into it?
3: Because you have to. I mean he's Maverick. Well what happened to Kelly McGillis? Uh she didn't age as well as Tom Cruise did. Oh. And it's it and it's confirmed that she's so
2: happy that you said that and I did not. <clears throat>
3: Well, she was a lot older than him, oh, wasn't she? In the, and in there's the original, a problem with yes. that. And also, isn't she into women? Not, yes. Well, but, that but she's an actress. She was.
2: Yeah, she was into women,
3: right? Then it's, but it's harder to believe as an audience now in that relationship.
2: Perhaps um, they're bringing in a, uh, a female pilot. Mark uh, Monica Barbaro is going to be playing that. Ed Harris comes in as a Rear Admiral Maverick's supervisor, and all of this. So listen, this is this the special effects, if you want to call it that, are better in this one. They appear at least in the trailer than they did in the original. There was a lot of modeling that was used in the original, uh, fake smoke and stuff like that. This stuff looks awesome. And then at the very end of this trailer, Maverick is in the the only way you can describe it is a space plane where he takes off and then blasts some guys at the end of the uh at the end of the runway with his jet wash as he takes off. I love it. It's, it's pretty awesome. At
3: one point in the trailer you can see that it uh, the, the the plane loses its engines. And then that's when they flashed the military funeral too. Yeah. So who's that going to be? It can't be Goose again. No. Goose it won't be Goose's kid. kid. Right? They're not going to kill Goose's kid. But it's going to be But it's going to be something They also show a volleyball scene, guys. Mhm. And Okay,
2: yeah, guys. Get ready for that volleyball I mean, scene.
3: Guys as in girls. Right. You know what I mean? Why are you blushing?
2: Because you made me uncomfortable. I
3: did not. Yeah, it's the I way you objectify men like that. its I'm just... not objectifying men. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have such a hard time lying. Um, <laughs> there's also a scene where it looks like the younger pilots are singing around a piano. So they brought that back. There's oh, a yeah. lot of callbacks.
2: Yeah, which is, by the way, it's totally worth it to see the old movie. It's totally worth it to go back, watch the movie. That opening sequence of the activity on the carrier with that soundtrack in the background is unbelievable. Watch it as loud as you possibly can uh, on a bright, big television.
3: I've got an update on Zatara the opossum. He heard you talking about...
2: Please tell me it's okay.
3: It's okay. Okay. He says, tell Gary that's fake news. What? A <laughs> possum's body temperature is too low for rabies to survive. He said, wait, wait-
2: a minute, that's the only problem he had <laughs> with all of that? He said,
3: she had a few fleas on her when we rescued her, but right. after her first bath, we got rid of all of them. Yeah, that's fine. Huh. So, so stand down with your fake news.
2: So nothing about the tuberculosis? What about the relapsing fever?
3: Or the herpes. <gasps> Zatara started following me on Instagram. Or the tularemia. She's young.
2: Or salmonella. She doesn't
3: do those things. Yeah, or
2: spotted fever. She
3: doesn't get any Or toxoplasmosis. Would just stop being I'm just saying. You're going to turn
2: your mic off. Yeah. I'll, unless you start being a little more positive. A little bit more I respectful. I want Zatara to have a good life, and I hope she's clean and free of disease. She
3: is, and she's soft. <laughs> what does that
2: <laughs> have to do with anything? <laughs>
3: I don't know. He said she was soft that her fur is soft.
2: Her fur looks very soft in the little videos where she's eating the cheese. The I
3: love cheese. the cheese I love eating the cheese videos.
2: Yeah, but you just like eating the cheese.
3: Well, I enjoy cheese. This is true.
2: Who doesn't like cheese? When we come back, the age of Instagram face. How it is that the human body may be changing as a result of social media and why it is that plastic surgery is going to doom us all to look exactly alike.
3: It's not you don't have to do buy into that
2: you could or you could have tularemia like an opossum gar
3: <clears throat> stop it <laughs>
2: we'll continue right after this Bang! Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. At this time on Friday, we are going to be in the midst of the Gary and Shannon show production of It's a Wonderful Life, presented by Winston Security Screens, Winston with a Y. Scripts go out today or I think tomorrow, and then we should have everybody approved. Everybody's signed up, and the cast is set, I believe, for Friday. So uh, we will get that again about 1230 on Fridays when we're going to start that show. It's a Wonderful Life. Presented by Winston Security Screens. Winston with a Y.
3: President, making clear he intends to participate in at least three general election debates. Remember last week we told you there was a chance where he wasn't going to participate in any of them. Um, but he is complaining about the commission on presidential debates. He says they're stacked with Trump haters and never Trumpers. He tweeted that his record is so good that perhaps I would consider more than three debates. Ah
2: which nobody would watch, but uh, if you did more than three, that's too many. We've been following this uh, line of storms as well. that's rolled through the deep south, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. A bunch of different parts of those states have been uh, told to watch out for tornadoes. There may have been one that touched down in Louisiana and another in Mississippi. Uh, Several thousand people are without power as those storms have rolled through.
3: They're calling it Instagram face. And will we all adopt one. Uh,
2: Probably. Gia Tolentino wrote a piece in the New Yorker magazine about, first of all, starting with social media and how it is that you can have filters on Instagram or Snapchat, whatever it is, stuff like Facetune, um, a selfie filter that wows your friends with every selfie.
3: Here's my question about people who... Alter the way they look on social media. Mm-hmm. Then when you people meet you or right. they hang out with you, that's not who it is.
2: Right. So then you are then... I mean, that's Gia's whole thing in this article is then you're driven to plastic surgery. And a lot of plastic surgeons now are tailoring their work to these filters that show up on social media. Right. Oh, you like Facetune? Well, I do a special where it does exactly the same thing that Facetune does. But instead of just, you know, some digitally altering your cheeks, we're going to shoot some Botox, shrink those muscles. We're going to suck the fat out of the bottom of your chin. We're going to add just a little bit of uh, puffiness around your eyes. Isn't this just a
3: new way for them to sell it? sell what they've th- been doing for decades?
2: I think so, but to go back to your, to go back to the necessity that people feel, they feel like there's a need to change the way they look on social media. And there's, I guess, you know, there's the whole it's for, for a lot of people, it's an advertisement for their life. It's an advertisement for their lifestyle. It's an advertisement for whatever image they're trying to put out there. And We've seen that teenagers, not just girls, but teenagers can fall into that trap significantly. So what do they do when they're 25 years old and their first laugh line shows up on their eye? Where else would they go? They can't in on on Snapchat. They can change it with, you know, just a swipe of a finger. But in reality, they're going to have to go somewhere. I didn't say you have any. I, saw you I was you just, just going to say that you, you don't like need this,
3: anything like, done. Like, what I'm hearing right now is a lot of projecting. You're saying things like teenage girls, but I think that's not what you mean. I think you mean men of a certain age. And I've noticed that you're not super active on Insta. And and if it's because of this, I want you to know that you're fine just the way you are. This is not, you don't this need is not a therapy a session. This you is... don't need to go to LDI. You look fine. Do you, want,
2: do you want to know the biggest turnoff I've seen in terms of whether or not I would ever get plastic surgery?
3: Other the cat men. Woman?
2: No, other men who have had plastic surgery.
3: Oh, really? I have. I don't know any of those, I don't think.
2: Uh, like
3: in our lives? Um, do we know any here?
2: That's a good question. Here specifically, I don't know. If I, I wouldn't could come up know, with that. No, I don't oh, think. Oh, you can tell. Really? Oh, it's so. Listen, because I mean, if you're, here's this if you're in your 40s right now, Men getting plastic surgery is unusual. I never grew up with men getting no. plastic surgery. My son is twenty. We know men who have had plastic surgery, so it's not. It's not like it wouldn't necessarily be as weird to him as it is to me. But if I see somebody who's had a something done, and I couldn't even tell you exactly what it was, but if it was a something that was done, you know, really, you absolutely no.
3: Listen, can't think of anybody, in Mickey life. Rourke. Is one example. Yeah.
2: Okay. Now, it's not, I almost said R- Mickey Rooney. Um, Mickey Rourke is an example of, that's, you know, the far end of plastic surgery that's gone too far. And you can't not look at it.
3: Yeah. Right? He does look like a little bit like a housewife.
2: But there are some, there are, there are dudes who are out there who think, just like women think, oh, they'll never be able to notice. Or the doctor will sell it to you as... They'll never be able to tell that you had work done.
3: Part of the thing is, is he was a really good looking guy. And then there were some decisions that he made and some choices. And then he was not good looking. And that's a far fall to to make. Yeah, but he didn't. I mean, he was really good looking and then he was really not good looking. And that can be a hard thing to get through. Um, I can see how he would have turned to plastic surgery.
2: Uh, in this article in the New Yorker, they went and talked to one of the guys who showed up, Jason Diamond, who showed up on Doctor 90210. and he's got a bunch of famous clients, including. Uh, oh,
3: I just thought of somebody that we Lala know. Kent
2: from Vanderpump Rules. You did.
3: <laughs> Wait, how <do> I <laughs> oh,
4: oh,
2: yeah. That's a di- to me that's a different that's a different thing. What, I mean, if if we know people who are in the movies, right. for example, right. we know somebody who's in in a movie. There's there's something to be said about there's a you're hired for a look right I mean, Tom Cruise is another example Tom yeah. Cruise has been around for 30 years yeah. right I mean that Top Gun the the Top Gun trailer we were just talking about he looks almost identical in this one as he did 30 years and that's ago that's
3: why it's not fair to Kelly McGillis who aged like a normal person right you and, know, he does he's a freak in nature
2: So if we know somebody like that, I can understand that. I'm talking about people who are behind the scenes, people who are not in front of the camera, people who are not necessarily fighting to keep a physical image of what they were 20, 30 years ago. These are just people who are uh, concerned, I guess, about the way people see them and concerned with their own aging.
3: What? I'm not. I mean, You're fine. You don't need anything. Could you imagine if your father knew that you got work done? Could you imagine the look on his face? I'd never see him. No, <laughs> absolutely not.
2: He would just, uh, he would say, I wonder what happened to my son. Uh, <laughs> he, he would just skip a generation. He'd still talk to my kids. Probably. He'd talk to his grandkids. yeah. But, uh, He'd never say anything to me (laughs) if I got work done.
3: Where would I start?
2: What do you think I should do first?
3: I mean, you don't need anything. Uh, But. John and Ken show. Yes. Coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Speaking of work done. (laughs) Blessings.
1: Well, that's all the time we have. Join us next time on
2: Gary and Shannon.